Hello, my name is Alexander Krauss. Alex for short, A for too short, and welcome to Big Tall Boys. Big Tall Boys has got the Big Tall style. That wasn't even the one that was from the paper. I just made that one up. I'm off the rails today. <laughs> usually, usually I take the slogans from some sort of generator, but I just felt inspired to say that this week. I feel like... I feel unburdened. I feel free. I feel like previously I've lived under these constraints and I'm now able to really just actually fully live. Is this what life feels like? This is like, you know, when you get like a blocked ear and suddenly it's unblocked, you had no idea it was blocked and you can just finally see the light around you at the end of the tunnel. Well, not at the end of the tunnel because that'd mean, oh no. Okay, maybe I'm dying. Maybe I'm dying. I thought this was life, but maybe this is death. Because I hear oftentimes that contentment comes before death. You know, it's the idea that you're finally able to to accept the situation. (sighs) Yeah, things often get morbid on this show. I feel like very often things get into this this dark gloom kind of avenue. And I don't want to really go there today. I want to be positive. I want to be light. I want to be happy. So you know what? We're backing up. Forget I did, forget I did a slogan that wasn't to the rules. Forget, like, I didn't say that. Between, between you and me, that never happened, okay? That was a fumble, that was a lark, okay? What I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the actual one, okay? I'm gonna read the actual one and pretend like that didn't happen, okay? Mm. <clears throat> Welcome to Big Tall Boys, the Big Tall Boys Effect. Oh yeah, it's a show and you've got nowhere else to go because your life is uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, I'm negging you. Ooh, is it, if it's just a plain insult, is it negging? I've been learning about negging from some of these self-help dating books, okay? And I'm learning that I can apply a lot of it to podcasting. Is if I neg the listener, then they feel like they need to come up to reach my level. Instead of downplaying myself, I downplay you. And all of a sudden, the onus is on you to be interesting. Okay? (laughs) It doesn't matter what I say because you are trying your best, I guess. And it's going very well. I'm also doing peacocking from the same guide. So it's where you wear like a fancy hat. And it really gets, it really gets the listener's attention, I think. I think. What are we doing this week? The past few, the past few weeks have been looking at move, we're creating the big tall boys movie. It's exciting. It's, it's going to play in places. We've got Gary Clements providing a projector and it's going to be up on like a wall and the light is going to project the images, hopefully moving. Um, ho- hopefully moving. At the moment, we've only got still images. It's, it's a process. It's a process. You know, you get the still images and then you get someone to do the in-between frames. So I'm hiring some people right now to do the in-betweens. I got the pictures. They're going to do the in-betweens. I got another team on subtitles. I got another team on dubbing because we need some audio and we recorded no audio. So yeah, like everything is like in middle stages at the moment. We don't have actors. We don't have set pieces. Those pictures that I took were pretty grainy and off-putting. So we're trying to up those with some Photoshop. It's kind of going to be... It's going to be a lot of post, I think. I think it's, I take some video, I take some photos, and then I hire 60 people to work in post to make a film. 
out of it. And eventually we'll have something that culminates in just a thing that can be projected. I think if we can just get a thing that can go up onto a wall, then I'm going to be so happy. Maybe that's good. What are we doing this week? What are we doing this week? We're doing a Q and A. Excuse me. What does that mean? Well, it stands for two words. Okay. It stands for questions and answers. You have provided me questions. I've gotten some questions from the listening audience, from some people who are interested about the film, and I am providing the answers to fulfill those questions. And I know what you're saying, Alex, don't people usually do Q&As after the thing has come out at some sort of comic con? Well, this, if I'm gonna go to Comic Con, I need to have some experience first, don't I? Right? I need to understand how it works, how it functions. So I am here today to answer your questions about the soon-to-be-released film, and this is a stepping stone towards another Q&A, okay? I'm on the circuit. I'm on the circuit now, okay? So, my agent, hey, agent, I know you're not listening. Um, I'm doing it myself, because you don't seem to be able to book me anything at all. So, I'm going to do my own Q&A, I'm going to do my own fucking life, and I'm going to make my own bookings from now on. And you are still going to get paid uh, 20% because I signed the contract. So, you whoopity do. <laughs> Shit. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to be answering these questions. As a, questions as, I'm going to be answering these questions as about the films as is, and I'm going to be providing answers that will enlighten, that will inform, that will entertain because ultimately at my core, I am, I'm, I'm an entertainer. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm like a regular circusman. I'm like a regular circusman. Let's go. Hey, oh, Harry here. Just wanting to send in my question for the chance for it to be answered in your Q&A. I'm so excited to be able to take part in this opportunity and would feel honored to be featured in such a manner. Before I continue, yes, I'm Harry Osborne. And yes, I decry Spider-Man and his actions. Anyway. My question is twofold. Do you know the real situation involving the Green Goblin's death? And how do you prepare for a role? Hey, Harry. Great to get your question. Um, yeah, I don't know anything to do with Green Goblin's death at all, but I do have some things to say about how I prepare for a role, especially when that role is myself. A lot of it takes me getting into character, which I believe I talked about maybe last week. I kind of have to jokeify myself a bit, you know, get the laugh going. <laughs> So I have to do like a lot of that, spray painting my hair green, wearing silly suits, going on a talk show and blowing the head off somebody's head. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the traditional things that it's like, I need to embody what Alexander Krauss represents to me. On top of that, of course, I've got a trailer that I destroy. So they got me a trailer to set up this thing and, hey, you're going to be in this movie. Let's get you a trailer. And instantaneously, I just wrecked the thing. I broke windows. I broke uh, a little fold-out table. I kind of like flicked it. This wasn't as a part of the rampage. This was, I didn't know how the, I didn't know how it operated. So like I tried to kick out the bottom of it, but it turns out I had to slide it. And so I broke past the point of extension and it kind of protruded out 
and it's like the spring kind of gave way and now the bottom part is kind of like jammed forward and going out into the general walkway area and there's nothing I, I can't figure out a way to fix it so after that happened that's when I just started smashing things and some people are saying that my smashing had less to do with method acting and more to do with genuine rage that I broke the little silly table to those people I say um I am method okay I understand a role I embody it when I am betraying a character, I become the character. And you hear that. You hear that anger right now, me hitting the table. And I'm doing that because that's who I am now, okay? And I live with that. And I have to live with me. And living with me ain't easy, buddy. It ain't easy anymore. So thank you for your message. Thank you for your message. Who, um, who have we got up next? One night, 11 years ago, in the small town of Q. I saw the a clown in a storm drain. I have seen the movies, but nothing had prepared me for seeing that big juicy Skarsgård smile up close. Bill protruded his index finger out, and gave his best come hither finger waggle. To which, I turned to my friends and said, wouldn't it be funny if I dipped in there for a hot second? My friends affirmed that it would not be funny, and that the it clown would make me float, but I was already cackling at the idea of me going down as a lark. So, as if eating a thick slice of cake I bashfully said, I never do this, and began crawling into the storm drain. The it clown capitalized on the opportunity and dragged me through to a large room, and suspended me up into the air. To which I muttered out, boy, this is going to hurt in the morning. The it clown seemed unsure of what to do with me, since their power was linked to my fear or something, so began pacing around as an old grandma in the background. At this point my friends, and Bill Hader, burst into the place. Then what followed was pretty much the end of it chapter 2 and I can't be bothered recounting the whole thing. Anyway, my question is this. Will you provide an accurate portrayal of events, or are you looking to mystify the characters in your story? Yeah, so I'm looking to, um, it's going to be a blend, you know. It, obviously the story is based off true events, it's going to follow me as I go on my misadventures with the family and the whole crew, but pretty much just, actually, uh, scrap that. So it's going to be pretty much me going on like my own little journey, and obviously it's going to be portraying my real self, successful, podcast, happy, healthy, teeth in mouth, and people like generally being good with my presence. So a lot of it's going to be like the scene from Groundhog Day where I'm exiting from a B&B and people are asking me how my day's going to be. How's it going? Hey, you know, you're going to see the Groundhog this year. And I'm being really positive and affirmative about it. And people are really responding to me. You know, I see an old friend from high school. They try to sell me insurance or something. I don't know. And like, we're having a great time. We have like a lot of banter back and forth and they seem to really like me and it doesn't matter how I feel about them and I want that to be betrayed in the film of course we're going to heighten it of course we're going to find it's Groundhog Day there's going to be a time loop yeah of course the biopic of my life has a time loop and has other action set pieces we've borrowed the bathroom fight scene from Mission, Mission Impossible with Henry Cavill we were trying to get Cavill on board and we said look I want to go to dinner with you. I want to have a good time with you. I feel like we don't talk anymore. And he gave in and he said, look, I will give you the rights to the fight scene from Mission Impossible. So at a certain point in the movie, the fight scene plays. And I don't know if we're going to be able to, in post, make it so I'm one of the characters or if it's just going to be a scene from 
<laughs> Mission Impossible, I think, Fallout. So that's going to play, and I think it's going to be a nice little action set piece that can break up some of the other stuff going on, because obviously the rest is going to be pretty tick-tick-boom, you know? Introspective, um, contemplative, uh, uh, talking a lot about the success of uh, Alex, um, whether that be in passing or whether that be in... It's going to be a mournful film. It's going to be a mournful film, but also a celebration, you know, it's a real, it's a, it's a real, you know, like Day of the Dead, you know, like the Halloween Day of the Dead is people die, but we also celebrate. So in this film, I'm not dead, but in the film, I might die. And in the film, people will be really happy at my funeral. This is what I'm always saying. This is what I'm always saying is when I die, I want a funeral, people having a great time. I want them to be having a great time. It's going to be like a party. Obviously, I don't want them mourning me. If they were mourning me, then I'm boring and I'm not boring. So they're going to have a great time. They're going to be eating, drinking, pissing. Probably, this isn't something I want them to be doing. It's something that will happen. Obviously, they're going to eat, they're going to drink. So inevitably, they're going to have to use the bathroom. And my funeral is going to be um, heavily catered and heavily set up to supply amenities for these people that need to piss. So I'm thinking like five stalls that are just piss zones because you don't want, you never want one bathroom. When you go into a bathroom and there's like two stalls and one of them is being preoccupied by somebody for about 30 minutes, then there's only really one stall in rotation. And if at any point somebody then needs to have their own 30-minute stall, then everybody else is stalling, <laughs> if, you get, if you get what I mean. They're all pissing themselves. So my funeral is going to be piss-proof, is my plan. And my and sorry, I'm so distracted by my funeral. My, mov- my movie, not my funeral. Let's separate the two. I don't want to let some misunderstanding create some sort of mishap on set. My funeral is not my movie. Let's be clear. When I die, it'll happen under my own terms. And I'm not going to write the thing. The last thing I want to have to do is write my fucking funeral. Are you kidding me? Anyway, I think that answered your question. Next one up. Goop. Gooby goo. Ba ba baby ba. I apologize. My newborn infant keeps stealing my phone. They're an angel usually, but it's hard being a new parent. I carry my kid inside a tote and show them off to win arguments. Oh, you think you know more about the Palestinian war? Well, I birthed a literal child out from my fucking body, so I think I know a thing or two about humanity. You know how we solve world hunger? Just get the richest guy to make big orders from Domino's. Anyway, how are you tackling the global landscape of film distribution? Will you be kneeling to China's whims, or do you have a backbone? Yeah, so this is a big problem going around. How are we going to distribute this thing? Who is it going out to? When am I watching it? What's going on? Where am I? Let me answer these one at a time. Firstly, we are putting it out there. Much like a single person who's just going to divorce after, th- you know, they're going to divorce after 30 years and they're deciding to re-enter the dating scene. I'm just putting myself out there. I'm not doing any effort. I'm just showing up to places and I'm going to be there. This film is going to be playing in bars. It's going to be playing in trivia night. Uh, trivia nights will be on the background. Some bars I like to throw up like a movie in the background with subtitles. This will be that movie. It's the thing that's just kind of always there. Watching. Kind of. Looming. Yeah, it's a threat. Ultimately, the film's a threat. And a lot of it takes from 1984. A lot of it will have 
Yeah, a lot of the imagery will be like a giant eye that's watching because I'm an artist and George Orwell has inspired me and I haven't really engaged with any other texts about the future. So all I can do is really engage with the one continuously and kind of conflate everything to it. So this film's going to be pretty 18, uh, 1984. It's going to be pretty Animal Farm. It's going to, yeah, because it's at the end, there's definitely going to be a pig standing up. There's definitely going to be like all this stuff. And yeah, this is going to hurt distribution around the world. Of course. There are countries out there that are kosher. They're not going to allow us to show a pig standing up. Of course, I understand that entirely um, because I understand what kosher means. So what we're going to do is CGI. We're going to do what the Marvel films did. There'll be one point where I get a notepad and it's full of all the films that I need to catch up on. And I'm just going to doctor that for every different kind. <laughs> I'm going to doctor it. I lost the original footage, so I'm going to have to doctor it. So originally it's going to say all the band, it's going to be like ACDC or whatever, the Australian version. And then it's going to go out to other countries. It's going to go to Belarus and Belarus is going to get their fucking, um, why did I choose? But I know nothing. What, what do they listen to there? The UK is going to get Mr. Brightside. Okay. They're going to get their own Mr. Mr. Whatever the fuck they listen to. Right. And that's how we're going to function. And now obviously the elephant in the room, China. Am I distributing to China? Well, I don't think I'm allowed to, given some of the content that's present in the film. China is pretty stringent. Strang? Strang? China is pretty stringent on uh, showing skeletons. And there's one point in the film that I'm planning where I do this scene from Ex Machina where I dig into my skin to see if I'm a robot. But I just keep going. So it's going to be all bone. It's going to be all bone. And I don't think China's going to go for it. I don't think I'm going to, I don't like, I can't watch it. Just it like, even thinking about the scene gives me goose pimples. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to handle it. And that's ultimately why these films don't get distributed to China. A lot of people don't know that. It's nothing to do with their own moral views or different like ideologies or what have you. It's because they can't handle it. And if I insult anybody by saying the Chinese people can't handle bones, well, excuse me, because I'm willing to go there. Okay. They can't handle bones. They can't handle, but they can't handle femurs. They can't handle, um, they can't handle, name, name one bone. They, <laughs> name one bone. <laughs> oh, they can't handle ribs. They can't handle, um, uh, I already said femurs. Um, phalanges, phalanges, phalanges. Um, funny, funny bone, funny bone. Uh, spine. The thing is, they have no backbone, so. Yeah, interesting, interesting. You mentioned my backbone, but it's really about theirs. Okay, let's jump into the next one. The sun is in my eyes. The sun is in my eyes, so I cannot see. Please. I am typing into my phone to try to get help. Whoever is getting this, please, for the love of God, help me. My name is Arya Saranda. I am on Chapel Street, and the sun caught my attention. The blazing, burning, bright ball of fire has completely engulfed my attention. It is becoming one with me. And I am losing semblance of who I am, and what I am trying to accomplish. Please, help me. Anyone. Whoever gets this, the sun is stealing my soul. How will you accommodate for unexpected situations on set? Will you have ways to combat sun glare for cameras, etc, etc, etc? Yeah, so we've got a no-nonsense crew. We've got the, um... What are they called from Dirk Gently? What are they called? You have the, the rowdy boys. We've got the rowdy boys. So we've got the rowdy boys on set. They're going to show up in their van and kind of like start destroying shit. But 
they're there to ensure that nothing can ever escalate. They are the highest level of nonsense we can get to, of course. Because if we have a level of craziness, then we can never go past it. And for the same reason, we've got Nathan, Nathan from you. Um, yeah, Nathan for you. He's going to be there. He's going to be doing like a, a, a episode about insurance scams or something. He's there because if we don't have him there, then he can come in and do something we don't want him to do. So we have him there. We also have the pranked guys that are there. Ashen Kutcher's going to show up and he's going to put a pie underneath, um, uh, underneath Mila Kunis's bottom and she's going to sit down. It's going to be a big lark. I assume that's the pranks. They, that seems like a really G-rated show. I don't know if it is. I always saw pranked as like a child's prank show. So I assume that's the level of pranks they get up to. We, of course, have the Jackoffs crew are going to be there. They're going to be staple gunning their balls to a jet fighter, a jet engine. And that's pretty That's pretty crazy. And I am concerned. I'm, I am concerned that we're getting all these crazy people into one room together and then they're going to try to top each other. Of course I'm, of course I'm concerned. You think I wouldn't be, this is baby, this baby is my baby. This child is my baby. This film is my baby. And in having a baby, of course, of course, I am allowed to have my views. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. Because having a child means you can say whatever you want. I understand the world. I understand how humanity operates. I understand the cause and effect of reality. Okay? If a needle drops in the forest, doesn't make a sound. If a tree gets lost in a bag of hay, do you make a dollar? No, you don't. Okay? Unless you are hired to do suchly. Yeah, that's how I know all this stuff. If a horse is led to water, does it ever make it across the river with the chicken? That's a question. If the doctor is a woman, then how many have the blue eye prisoners? These are the questions that I riddle you with this. These are the questions that the Batman must solve. And these are the questions that only someone with a born baby is able to really fully realize in their minds. I... <laughs> What's the next question? What's the next question? <clears throat> I'm an atheist. Proudly. I don't believe in God, and I'm obsessed with telling other people about this. I ridicule others for having a belief system, and spend nearly all of my time fixated on the imaginary image I have made for who people are and what they do. I have gone as far as to insert this viewpoint into my work blatantly and without substance, and whenever people argue over my work, people are quick to claim that you can't say anything anymore, despite it all just being hot fucking garbage. I do one thing, and there exists thousands of images of myself with black tape over my mouth, which should only really be there to get me to stop hobbling the same crap I've been spewing for 20 years. Anyway, my question is this. What is the deeper message of this production? The purpose? The reason for it existing? Thanks, Ricky. Okay, well let me put on my serious voice for this one. Yeah, so when it comes to reason and purpose and meaning of course, of course, it's always going to come back to what are we trying to say about Alexander Krauss? He's the lead of the film. He's there. He's happy. He is healthy. His teeth are in his mouth and people are happy to see him. And a film, you know, a character has to go in their arc. They have to have a journey. So if they start off in this place, they have to be changed 
by the world and have some sort of catharsis or realization, some sort of idea that can lead us to a broader understanding about humanity. And so, of course, of course, we have a message, of course. And the message is that we're going to do the cave scene. We're going to do the cave scene from the, um, from what's episode five of Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Is that right? Is episode five, The Empire Strikes Back? We're doing episode five. We're doing episode five with the cave. We're also doing episode, we're also doing The Last Jedi where she goes into the cave, where Rey goes into the cave. Um, Luke originally went into the cave and when they went in, they saw their father and their father was Darth Vader and it was a point of realization about their ancestry. They're looking for answers about who they were and they were given this ancestry and they in some way accepted and rejected it by leaving the cave and coming to a sense of realization. In the same way, Ray did the same. They went into the cave. They saw nobody, which was supposed to be that they have no ancestry. And it was done very well. It was done very well. And it was very nice. And it's my favorite part of any Star Wars. And then in the next one, they decided to retcon it and give her a, a parent and uh, meaning and destiny and it, it 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 fuck fuck you jj abrams honestly i don't understand why the fuck you did that and so i'm gonna kind of rectify what jj abrams did to star wars and i'm gonna jump back in and i'm gonna make it so i go into the cave and what i see is i i don't see me i don't see darth vader i see nothing i see a blank canvas and the idea of it is that life is what you make of it yeah, is that if I want to forge ahead with my own life journey, it isn't that I'm in control of it. Like Ray was in control of it in episode eight and then wasn't in episode nine. It's that I have nothing. There's no one loves me. No one cares about me. The film's going to fail. Nobody's listening to this. Everything is in a downward spiral and eventually I'll just be dust and no one will remember me. No one will remember me. So that's going to be... That's... That's going to be my message. And just before I, um, just before I jump into the next question, I feel like just to, so I don't have to think about the message too much. I might just talk about Star Wars for a second. Just because if I think too much about the idea that I'm nothing and no one, then I'm not going to be able to keep it together for the rest of the episode. So let's talk about Star Wars for a second. Um, if I can make one change to episode nine. Okay, here's my suggestion. Here's my suggestion. I know people say this all the time. It's not going to be the thing that people say. I think, look, Palpatine's come in. We can't fix that. They've decided on it. My change would just be when she goes down to fight him and they're in the dark cave. I've seen this movie once. She's there with um, fucking Ben and they're down in the place that when he's ushering her to kill him, she just fucking leaves let the narrative actually flow through the three movies. The message is uh, the message arc was that she doesn't give a shit. And if she lives by their commands and like engages with him, then it feels like she is accepting it. Yeah. Regardless of what she does, choose an offer. That's actually her saying no, right? They're trying to destroy the ships. They need a pilot outside. She says, fuck this. She goes outside. She jumps into a jet and she goes out and she starts fighting because, Hey, this isn't your story isn't one of Sith or Jedi. It, you say fuck off to all of them and just do your own shit. And then the message can still stand without the, with the father thing being intact how, however he wanted it, right? You've already done that. It's too much of a rewrite to get rid of it. Small change at the end to salvage it. I would have also killed Chewbacca. I would have killed C-3PO. I would have nuked them all, honestly. I would have killed all of them in a burning rage of bl- blood and guts and metal. 
All right, what is the next question up on here? Hello, my name is David Warhammer. I am a sous chef, but not that kind of sous chef. You see, I have a crippling seafood allergy. I go into pubs and order the surf and turf minus the surf. The order is always too confusing for the restaurant to not at least include one prawn. I eat whatever seafood they have provided, have an anaphylactic reaction, and get rushed to hospital. Later I sue the chef who prepared the meal, and make a neat sum of money claiming that I thought it was all turf. My question is this. Who is doing the catering on set? What is being provided? And can you fail to fulfill my requests? Yeah, so as mentioned, we have catering set in place. Subway is able to offer us bread, which is maybe also uh, cookie or cake or something. I can't remember their full situation, but they okay. They were coming in. We had a bit of a fumble, so now the catering is being done by yours truly. I'm buying one of those yellow stand-and stuff taco kits. I know previously I decried them on an episode talking about video game prices, but I am coming in. I'm buying one of those for the exorbitant price of like twelve fucking dollars, and you can share it. Okay, so if that means divvying up pita bread, it means divvying up pita bread. If you don't have enough salsa, ask ask a friend for more salsa. I'm not your father. I'm not your mother. And if I was, I would say, I love you. And I miss you. And I know that I've been distant and things have been getting harder and harder as I've been focusing too intently on a podcast that is trying to create a film or something. And... um. You're actually the thing that is most important to me. And I know that in the past I was kind of the problem. And it's the reason why we've grown so distant. But if you were able to come back, I can give you your own stand and stuff taco kit. You could eat pita or um, corn chip depending on which of the ones you are wanting to eat. Uh, It comes with both, actually. (laughs) It comes with both. And so you could eat that. I could cook you up some chicken and some beans, rice or whatever you want in there. And you can eat it with sour cream, as much sour cream as your little body can handle. If you're out there, please come home. The door is always open. The stand and stuff kid is always waiting. Yeah, so that's pretty much what we're gonna do to food. A lot of these are getting very emotional. Let's do the um let's do the next let's do the next one. Oh, this one's actually sorry. Um yeah, this one's actually so I was getting a lot of questions, call and answers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I realized, look, I feel like if I'm wanting to create this film, we need some self-reflection. It's a it's a biopic after all, okay? It's an autobiopracy. It's an autobiopic. It's an autobiopic. So if you're making an autobiopic, what you need to do, okay, is you need to have questions from your past self. All the famous YouTubers have done it, okay? They record themselves as a child, and 20 years later, they record themselves responding to the questions in a humorous and funny manner. I have done this. What I've got is... These questions that was uh, they were asked by me when I was a child, and I'm going to answer all of them. And I feel like it's going to be a really humbling experience. Here we go. Hey, Alex, what is it like being an adult? What do you wish you knew when you were my age? What do you do for work? How much money do you make? 
Are you in a committed relationship that completes your soul? Would you say that you are happy? Have you tackled the crushing weight of your own mortality and reached peace? Thanks, Alex. Can't wait to meet you. Alex. Okay, that was just like a list of questions. A lot of the other ones had like a full lead-in, but that was just a list of questions. Let me, um... A lot of them weren't really relevant to the movie, Alex. <laughs> but that's fine. I can answer them. Um, What is it like being an adult? It's a lot of... It's a lot more... It's a lot more male than I thought there'd be. It's a lot of receiving mail. You'd think that being an adult would have like a lot more fun and excitement or even like the obligations would get more stressful, but you get a lot of emails. You send a lot of emails. Sometimes you get like mail in the, in the letterbox and it feels a little bit like, why are you still doing this? But yeah, a lot of it is, a lot of it is just sending and receiving of mail. And I guess that's maybe because I do take, I work night shift as a post officer so that's a that's a large part of it, but also it's just who we are, you know. It's just what we become when we get older. Um, I'm going to answer these a little bit quicker, so we don't have to take forever. What was that? What do you wish you knew when you were my age? Um, how to how to how how to travel through time? I think at any point any point in my life, if I knew how to do that, I'm set in stone. Because at any point I could just travel through time and solve the problem, right? Oh no, there's a there's a goo in my poo. Oh no, there's a goo in my poo. And all of a sudden I can go through time and find out that, hey, yes, that was actually, you're sick. You're sick. And then I can solve it and resolve it. Um, I promise never to bring up the goo and poo situation, but there we go. There we go. What do you do for work? Well, I do this, you know, I talk, I, I'm with the people I'm sort of an entrepreneur. I'm also like a voice of reason. And a lot of people look to me. A lot, not up to me. <laughs> not up to me. <laughs> a lot of people look at me. So I get a lot of looks on the street. And in a lot of ways, that's, that's what I do for a living. That's who I am. It's what my job is. If I wasn't doing it, I don't know who would. So a lot of people look at me. How much money do you make? Jesus Christ, kid, you are, you're killing me up here. Okay, um, how much money do I make? I make a six finger salary, which means you can count it on six fingers. <laughs> I get six dollars. So I get six dollars and I get these at different increments. So sometimes I get six dollars an hour, sometimes six dollars a second, sometimes six dollars a year. So it depends on what stage of life I'm at, what's going on, what's happening. But oftentimes somebody will give me $6, it'll be a $5 note and one gold coin or two fifty cent pieces. And sorting out that money has been tiresome. I, I was keeping it in a large, large clear piggy bank that I hoisted over the top of a factory, but apparently they filmed Squid Game there and everybody fucking took it. So I don't know what to, some guy won it or some shit, so I don't know what to do. All my one is gone. So I'm dealing with that. Um, so ultimately, I'd say very little. What's your next question? I don't want to talk about money. What's the next question? Are you in a committed relationship that completes your soul? Jesus Christ, kid. Um, I'm currently without lover is th probably the best way I can put it. I don't have anyone to call home. Um, <laughs> I don't have anyone to call home. I'm, I'm lonely. Um, I'm alone. I'm sad. I'm depressed. And yeah, I'm like a... I'm like a bad, I'm like a bad example of what love can be. So that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, your questions are great so far. Would you say that you are happy? Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't have money to my name. 
I don't have a relate, you know, Emma Stone's maybe in the mix, but more inside of a film capacity. And I've been trying to distance myself from recognize, you know, humanity, life isn't film. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not Arved. Okay. Life isn't film. I am me. Emma Stone is not my girlfriend. That's why I have to repeat it every morning, but I can't say three times in the mirror or I summon my therapist. <laughs> If you do a self-mantra in the mirror three times, your therapist will be summoned, very much like Beetlejuice, or um, the Candyman, was Beetlejuice summoned three? I, th- I believe so. And now I've said them two times, I've said them two times, so now I'm scared. I'm spooked because I can't deal with striped pajamas showing up in my bedroom. Let's jump to the next thing. Have you tackled the crushing weight of your own mortality and reached inner peace? Yes, of course I have. I'm Alexander Krause, and the one thing to which I am is peaceful. One day I will die. Of course. Yes, of course. I've accepted this. One day you will die. Probably. Probably. But also, what if I don't die? That's the thing that a lot of these questions don't don't bring up, is they ask you, hey, what if you were to die? But I'm here to say, what if I didn't die? Then is all that inner peace bullshit for waste? Is it for naught? I wasted all this time reflecting on myself, who I am, what I'm going to become, how I can deal with my death, and I could have been spending my time thinking about how to have a kick-ass immortality. And now I'm 264, I'm working in a museum because all the mortals work in museums, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you, uh, uh, Wonder Woman, (laughs) All, all of them do it, but it took me a while to find one. I think a lot of them do it. I think a lot of them do Oh, there's the one from Eternals. There's the one from Eternals with, uh, isn't Cersei? Cersei's there with Kit Hallington and they work inside a museum. I'm very far away from the mic. I hope you're getting this in good quality. Um, yeah, so I'd say, I'd say that I'm doing great. I'm saying I'm doing great. I'm doing my mortality and I'm good. Let's jump to the next one. Hopefully they're a little less, um, bullshit. Okay, yeah, so I did request... So when I brought out the call to get some questions so I can answer them in turn, I did, yeah, I, I tried to reach out to get some from my former self, um, from my child self, and I also somehow reached back even further in time and asked the question of my past self, which is separate from my younger self. So if you understand the previous one as my child self uh, in the YouTube context, this is my past self in t- a time travel context. Dearest of Alexanders, I hope this mail finds it to your door by Ravenspeak. I have questions to which I wish to know of my future that may provide me great comfort. As I am sure you are fond to remember I perform weekly as the jester for thy king and queen. Though I do fear that my walking of the line has begun to teeter. I am fearful of my place within these walls and need comfort for my own future self. As I doth believe that I am soon to go too far without remorse, as it is the jester's role to hold up a mirror to society. Please, tell me that I remain here in this circumstance. Also, doth you find love? What are thy investments? Does your face smile every morn? Sir Alexander of Kraus. And yet again, you're asking me questions about finding love. Well, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. (laughs) Ultimately, okay? Ultimately. Is, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Okay, past me. And if you think you can do better, then why don't you become me? 
through the process of time. And then we can see how you really go with it. Okay. What are thy investments? My investments are, my investments are having a good time. My investments are having a grand old good time. Okay. It's having a podcast. It's making a movie out of that podcast. It's expanding my portfolio through the acquisition of more good times. That's who I am. Does my face smile every morn? Yeah. Okay. Of course it does. Because my face is stuck. I made a face when I was a child. My mother warned me, if you make a face and the wind changes, it'll get stuck. And it did. And now I'm stuck always smiling because I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Thanks for the question. Thanks for that. I feel like it was really enlightening. I feel like it had a lot of juice there for me to be able to continually answer. Okay, I think this is a question now from my present self. I think this is maybe like a ghost of Christmas past, present, future. I don't know. I don't know. I sent out a call and these are the ones I got back. So I'm just kind of rolling with the punches here. So here's the next question. It's, um, it's from my present self. I don't fully understand how this makes any sense, but I, I don't know. I guess we'll listen to it. Hey, hey I, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, this is weird. So, so I, just I just wanted, wanted to check, check in to make, to make sure everything is good. good. I'm, I'm concerned, concerned that some, some of these messages, messages that are coming in are forcing retrospection that can only end in a downward spiral of self-pity. Remember that you are more than the sum of your accomplishments, and ultimately we all end up in the dirt. Which, now that I think about it, if the only way we can motivate ourselves is to be reminded of our inevitable death, then maybe we aren't worth reconciling. Like, this feels too far gone. Maybe we really need help. And us expressing this onto a weekly podcast is only making us dive deeper into depression and loneliness. We're focusing on the show because it means that we can let other things slide. We label everything else as unimportant in comparison, so we can rest comfortably as friends drop away and work stagnates. We need to make this thing successful so we can have money. Do you have any brand deals in the works, any sponsorship, anything? I hated this. From you. Thanks, me. That was wonderful. So, yeah, there's going to be some brand sponsorships. Of course, we're going to get everything's going to be um, lit by uh, what's that lamp? Bevels, 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 bevels. Let me have a look. I let me check the email for a second. Oh no, bevels is a jewelry shop. Fuck me. I. Oh shit. Oh, I gave them way... What are they even going to do on set? I gave them $2 million. I gave Bevels $2 million. How... Ah, fuck. I don't know what to do now. What? But they signed the contracts that... Beacon is what I'm thinking of. Okay, so I need to get Beacon on the horn. I need to get a Beacon out for Beacon. Fuck me. That's really a problem. That's actually going to be... That's going to be... That's going to be an afternoon. And what I said before about the mailing. This is the mailing. It's sending out emails. It's figuring out what is Bevels. Do they sell jewelry? Do they sell lights? Can I make them make lights if they sell jewelry? What's their limit on what they can produce? Because a lot of these stores will do it, you know? You know when you go into McDonald's and you're like, can you put some of that sweet chocolate sundae sauce in my McFlurry? And they'll do it for you. You know, they'll do it. It's the same here. You go into you go into Bevels, you have a look at the secret menu, and you ask for a lamp. <laughs> But of course, we have other deals. We've talked to the Green M&M. We got the original Green M&M in the works because we know people want to fuck it. So we figured we'll bring in... And they're not working anymore. They got this brand new fucking hot shot with different shoes on. So we're bringing the original Green M&M. They're going to come in. They're going to dress up for us. <laughs> they're going to dress up for us. 
and they're just going to flaunt it. They're just going to flaunt it, and it's going to be hot, it's going to be sexy, and people are going to love it. Because we figured, what's the one thing that this show has always been, and it's always been a sexy green M&M that's putting on clothes. So that's going to be exciting. That's honestly what I'm looking the most forward to. And finally, let me listen to the last question of the podcast. To complete the round trip, here is a question from my future. A. How dare you request that I, your future self, send you a data cube? Would you respond if I required clone tissue for the outer rim? Would you provide blood trim to cultivate crypto chips? Would you store your mind in cryolock so I may present the veil with apt sacrifice? You don't even understand what the world's like now. I don't even understand half of it. But know this, fuck you for forcing me to send this to close the time loop. Whichever future version of myself thought it'd be a good idea to respond to this message has doomed us all to a life of obligation. Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck all of us. And fuck you that I have to supply a question. Okay, uh, do you have plans for a sequel? X Cyber Warrior. Thanks, future Alex. Um, always a pleasure to have you on. I'll keep mailing you and sending messages out. Yeah, so... Are there plans to do a sequel? I think there is. I think there is. Big Tall Boys... Big Tall Boys 2, Big Tall Boys 3 back in action, Big Tall Boys 4 meet Robin, Big Tall Boys 5 back in the saddle, Big Tall Boys 6, Revolutions, 7, The Nightmare Before, 8, um, Let's Go Again, 9, Party on Down to the Highwayville, number 10, Time is Never Stopping, number 11, Tuesday suits me better, Number 12, Fight Club. <laughs> Number 12 is just Fight Club. Number 13, Big Tall 13. 14 is... Uh, there There we go. Number 15 is going to be called... W- subtitled. That's the subtitle. Big Tall Boys subtitled. Number 16 is called Sweet 16. Number 17 is uh, God is with us forever and always. It's kind of a religious one. Number 18 is... Dorm Room Mayhem. Yeah. Yeah, that one's going to be raunchy. Number 19 is Down on My Luck. And number 20 is Big Tall Boys XX, The Xander Cage Experience. So that's going to be pretty cool. That's going to be pretty cool. That's going to be pretty chill. A lot of sequels in the works. A lot of ideas floating out. Obviously, as I'm creating these ideas, sometimes these things won't work in this film. They'll be perfect for the sequel. It'll be perfect for the prequels. It'll be perfect for the uh, squeakles. They're all going to come through. We've got our subtitles ready. We've got the movies ready. And I'm about ready to end this podcast episode. I hope this Q&A has provided you with a wealth of knowledge about what this film's going to be. I know I'm feeling clear-headed. I feel like I understand now what exactly is going to be happening in the coming few weeks as I get filming and writing and acting and starring and shooting and being cool and chill. So, that's all in motion. Everything's all great and good. If you have more questions to ask me, of course, I'll answer them. I'm Easy Breezy Cover Girl. You know this of me. I am actually the I'm the new Easy Breezy Color Girl. I'm also going to be the new Milky Bar Kid. I'm very excited about the, Forget the Easy Breezy Cover Girl. I'm going to be the new Milky Bar Kid. My hair got dyed in a tragic... Uh, Krella accident. I was trying to kill some Dalmatians and my hair went through a bleach machine. And now I kind of look like it's half bleached. I'm going to be the new Milky Bar kid. I have white teeth and freckles and all the mothers love me. <laughs> I assume, I can't think of, I wear a cowboy hat, I think. I can't remember the Milky Bar kid. 
Like, favorite, subscribe, do all the things you do from another show, but for this one, if you're going to send this to anybody, please send this on episode up to the Comic-Con panel. This Q&A is an example of what I can accomplish by myself doing a Q&A. Imagine what I could do if this was going out to a room full of idiots, okay? To absolute fools, fans even. They have to be fools if they're fans, okay? I'd like to have a main stage show, I'd like the main hall, I want, um... Who's the guy from the castle? The guy from the castle who's from Fly Fly. You know the guy, what's his name? He's got the strong jaw. I want him to offici- officiate. I want him to officiate the Comic-Con panel. He's going to MC. he's going to officiate, he's going to marry, whoever needs to be married. And I want at least three marriages, okay? I want at least three people to want to get married. I want three engagements and I want three marriages at my Comic-Con show. And if you can't supply that, then I'm going to walk. So, and I'm going to go back to my trailer. I'm going to get upset about the table not working. I'm going to smash some shit up, okay? And that's me. That's my prerogative. That's my life. And I'm allowed to do that because it's it's who I am. And it's self-expression, if anything. If you could take anything away from this episode, it's going to be that... I'm going to double down on this. The Chinese people are afraid of bones. <laughs> the stupidest fucking thing. Um, that's... That's the episode... I'm pretty much spent, if I'm being honest. I'm pretty much spent. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a great time. Catch you in the next one, okay? And things are only going to get better from here. Play the song. Um, hi, can I get a big tall boy? (laughs) 